Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. Registration is now open for 2021 camps. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? Do you want to skate fast? For 50 years, Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly, powerfully, and fast. Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M.com. You can learn to skate fast. Welcome to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise Podcast, the podcast for serious hockey players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their hockey careers. And now, here is your host, New England Hockey Journal's Kirk Ludicky. Welcome to the New England Hockey Journal RinkWise Podcast. I'm Kirk Ludicky, and today we have a treat for you with special guest Kimball Union Academy head coach Tim Whitehead. Before we get to Coach Whitehead, though, a couple of orders of business. Uh, We hope that if you're not already a subscriber, that you will go to HockeyJournal.com and sign on with us. We have so much to offer on hockey at all levels throughout the New England region. Our podcasts are free, though. So subscribe and download at Apple, Spotify, our website, or wherever you get your podcasts. For this episode, we're dealing with challenges related to the pandemic and not recording in studio today. However, we're powering through with the kind of content and insight that you come to expect from us at RinkWise. We'll get back to the studio as soon as we can after the holidays. But with all of that, here's our conversation remotely and via Zoom with Tim Whitehead. Welcome to the RinkWise podcast. Kirk Ludicky here with Kimball Union Academy head coach, Tim Whitehead. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. Um, pleased to be here, Kirk. Awesome. So we just uh, watched your team, the Floodmar, uh, in again, um, exciting finish to close out that, uh, that tournament with your, your win over Salisbury. Two very good teams have been watching your team uh, this year, was there for your home opener and really uh, enjoy, enjoyed going up to your campus and seeing your, seeing your rink and, and got to see an exit. So got a pretty good familiar, familiarity with the Wildcats this year. How, how is it going for you so far, Coach? Oh, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. We got a really good group of guys. And I'm, I think the big thing from program standpoint is I'm really fortunate. I've got two amazing assistant coaches, Brian Harris and, and Matt Underhill, and we've been together for 
quite a few years now, all the way through the championships and everything. So that's that really stabilizes the program and and just I really feel fortunate to just and have fun. We have fun working together every day, and we got a great AD and Mike Doherty, and you know. So as far as everything at the rink, the staff is awesome, but Matt and Bryant make it a lot of fun and and make my life a lot easier. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, one thing as a as an outside observer, I do notice uh, the bench interactions and how engaged they are, and that I mean, sometimes it's maybe lost on people who might be focused on the action, but I really notice how involved your assistant coaches are and, and, and how much they seem to contribute uh, to the in-game adjustments and just, you know, maintaining the, the, the general, uh, you know, the pace and the morale and, and, and the execution on a game by game basis. Absolutely. I love it. It's a real team effort, you know, and I've been fortunate over the years to have some amazing assistant coaches and, you know, at the college level with like Norm Bazin and Mark Taylor and, you know, Grant Stanbrook and, you know, Campbell Blair, you know, Dan Curluck, Bob Corkum, you know, like just some amazing people, you know, and, but th this is just so much fun to have. The difference in prep school is these guys are there every day. Mm -hmm. Like, so we don't have a recruiting budget. So we're not like Grant Stanbrook. He'd be on the road for like two weeks at a time and phone in from Saskatchewan. Hey, I found somebody, you know, whereas uh, these guys are in town every day. So the, on the positive side, you know, makes recruiting more difficult, of course, but at the same time, coaching and teaching, you know, and interactions, weight room, video room, you know, we're all there. We're all in all three of us on the ice every day in the weight room every day. It's, it's a really, uh, it's a great development model. And, you know, Matt is a former All-American goalie at Cornell, Matt Underhill, and then Brian Harris was a great defenseman here at KUA and then at Hobart with Mark Taylor. And uh, I used to be a forward. You can never tell now, but so we have all three positions covered, right? And, and a lot of experience between the three of us, not just on the ice, but, you know, teaching, coaching, uh, weight room, video, you know, nutrition, all the aspects. So, so that's a big, big part of our program is, is the depth of the coaching here. Uh, like I said, we're, we're really fortunate. Yeah, it's, it is, it is really, it is something. And, and when you see teams that are well coached and, and the players are, you know, just detail oriented, uh, you know, it's a results oriented business, but you got to focus on the details and you guys definitely do it, uh, do it well. So, uh, you know, keep, keep the momentum going, as they say, you know, I guess happy, but never satisfied. And, and, and you just, you just keep, keep rolling. So curious about your background. I, I know you're a, a, an East coast guy and, and, and Hamilton college as a player. And then you, you have quite a, a, a broad uh, coaching resume, but just kind of take us through your, your background and maybe who some of the, the early influencers and mentors were for you as, as both a player and a coach as you were coming up. My father was definitely the biggest influence. He was a basketball player, played basketball at Princeton and was in the U S open, uh, for tennis, like he was a tremendous athlete, way better than me. And, but he loved coaching. So he, he kept coaching even after my brother and sister and I all grew up, he's coaching little league baseball, you know, and, uh, but he got us started. Uh, he coached hockey, even though he never played. And uh, so he was really the inspiration from that standpoint. And then as I grew a little bit older, I was very fortunate to have a coach named Bruce Delventhal, who you may recognize the name, he's the former uh, won a national championship at RIT and was the head coach at Union, was the athletic director at Plattsburgh. Uh, and he was my coach at Northwood, Northwood School. 
So I took a PG year. So he coached us in peewee hockey back, you know, when I was 11 and 12, because he was getting his master's at Princeton at seminary. And, uh, and then I was, when he latched on at Northwood, I was lucky to go up and be a, have a PG year. And we had a really stacked team, not me, like I was just an accessory, you know, but um, that was a tremendous experience. It got me out of New Jersey, got me up uh, to, to play with some elite players. And it was just an amazing experience. So Bruce Delventhal was really the catalyst and he's a Hamilton hockey alum as well. So when we went out, back then in 1980, we'd travel around and play all the college JV teams, right? So this is before Title IX, so everyone had a JV team. So we play all the Division One and Two, um, you know, college JV teams. The only prep teams we played at Northwood actually was in the Floodmark tournament, which we won, which was good. So uh, against Deerfield in the final, but but other than that, it was all caught. So we went and played uh, Hamilton was one of the you know Division Two teams that we played. And that's where Bruce was an alum and, and he knew Coach Bott there. And, and so I loved the visit and, um, you know, it just seemed like a great fit for me. And, and it really was. So, um, yeah, again, thanks to Bruce, it kind of he made those connections to me for me and uh, had a great experience there. And then uh, not just great Bott, but also Phil Grady. So uh, you know, I had some excellent coaching there. Uh, was fortunate to play two years over in Europe, not in, you know, elite leagues. They call it the British uh, Premier Division, but... You know, it's not that premier, you know, um, although Gary Unger was there at the time and a couple other guys, you know, Unger, one, of, one of the Ironmen, one of the NHL's Ironmen. Yeah, but it was a great experience for me as, you know, a 21 year old guy over there. I came back, started teaching at St. Gregory, the great school in, in Trenton, New Jersey. Great experience. Six classes, you know, uh, 30 kids in a class. Uh, Sister Nora was the headmaster. Just a great experience teaching and coaching, but I missed the competitive side. So I hooked in with uh, Bill Beanie at, at Middlebury, was his assistant for two years, which was an amazing experience. Obviously, you know, one of the all-time greats. And then was fortunate to go up with Coach Walsh uh, at University of Maine as the grad assistant, got my master's there. And again, one of the all-time great coaches. And Grant Stanbrook was there as well. And then I latched on with Bruce Crowder at UMass Lowell, again, national coach of the year. I think Bruce won it twice. I mean, just an amazing coach, amazing person. And so that's where I cut my teeth recruiting wise was with Bruce. And then when Bruce took the Northeastern job, uh, I took over at UMass Lowell and then 12 years up at Maine after that, uh, going back up to Maine was was an amazing experience for our family and and just Tons of uh, friendships and 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 bonds with players there still to this day. And then we this now we've been here for eight, been at KUA for eight years. So twenty five years of college coaching, and now eight years here at KUA. And both Natalie and Zach have graduated from here. My wife teaches at the public school, loves it. She followed me around long enough, you know. So uh, she really enjoys this second career. She was a head athletic trainer at UMass Dartmouth. Uh, when when we met, right? We met, she was the assistant trainer at UMass Lowell. I was the assistant hockey coach. She got the head trainer's job at UMass Dartmouth. I got the head coaching job at UMass Lowell. And then we had children, went up to Maine, you know. So now she's teaching a second career and loves it. So um, we're very happy here. Um, you know, 25 guys is still 25 guys, uh, you know, no matter how you slice it. And we got some talented kids and they're so much fun to work with. And as I said, I got a great staff to to help me, so. 
you you talked to earlier and that's 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 terrific and and i want to i want to go back to something you said earlier and that was you were talking about the difference in with prep in in in, in college in terms of the recruiting piece where your mm-hmm. assistants in college are out on the road most of the time and in, in prep you don't have that that ability and so that the coaches are here so was that probably the bigger tra- one of the bigger transition points for you going from from being a college coach to a prep coach when you first got to Kimball Union in terms of the process of how you recruited your teams and, and built your program uh, in terms of the players that you were able to identify and bring in yeah I think the biggest difference actually Kirk which I'm sure you saw when I was trying to set up the zoom was I didn't have an administrative assistant here. <laughs> you know, so like at college, you got the big staff, you've got right, an administrative right. assistant, you got, you know, an academic advisor, you've got three assistant coaches, you got a volunteer coach, Dave Alexander, you know, the elite coach, um, equipment guy, you got, uh, you know, athletic trainer who's unbelievable. You know, you got your full staff there and an athletic department and a ring staff. You know, so here it's the same stuff but you're you're basically on your own so it's a question of how much can you do in a day and you've got another job so I help the school raise money here and uh, you know so we're busy we're really busy so the biggest adjustment was really not having a support staff you know like in the day-to-day operations and that affects your recruiting obviously so most prep school coaches at the you know heavy hitter programs are in admissions I'm not in admissions you know when I came or asked Mike Safer the headmaster, you know, where would you, how can I help the school in addition to coaching? And, you know, and he thought the fundraising, because I'd had experience up at University of Maine uh, in raising money uh, up there with the Sean Wall Center and, and the Alphon Arena. So, and for our, actually for our uh, annual budget. So as a result, I said, that's fine. You know, uh, having said that, it does create more work again, because I'm not in admission. So I'm not on a daily basis in the admissions office. So again, that that's the only complication for me here, but it's it's a lot of fun because I have a good relationship with the folks at admissions. They're very supportive. And, uh, but that's not my daily job, you know? So it's just helping the school, uh, you know, run its business, you know, uh, raising money from alums, building relationships with alums, which has been a lot of fun, so. No, gotcha. So it has been a challenge here the last, you know, we're actually, looks like we're going into year two um uh, but you know didn't have much of a season although you guys were fortunate enough to get some games in last year but just the impact of the pandemic on on prep hockey and then as you've as you've been coaching you know at this level just curious about the, the any trends you've seen or kind of the state of hockey and, and what you're seeing in terms of the, the quality of the athletes and the players that are that you're, you're coaching and you're you're coaching against and you're observing maybe on some of the other teams how is that looking to you yeah, well, first of all, with COVID, it was a great development model for us. We were, you know, last year in the, you know, the first full year of COVID, we were on the ice from September 14th to April 1st. We were in the gym one hour a day, you know, three to four. We we're on the ice 436, 90 minutes. So our guys were on the ice every day, six days a week, you know. Working to get better. Yeah, getting better. Now, mind you, you know, that can get a little tiring. You know, they're tired of hearing from me after the first week, you know, but so I try not to say too much anymore. But, you know, we make it fun. We we're doing tons of small games, shooting competitions. We try to make a competition out of everything. And uh, it was a great year. I mean, it was frustrating. Obviously, we only played eight games. uh, But at the same time, we were going the whole year. Like, um, and our guys got a ton better. Uh, a ton better, 
you know, now you can't sustain that because we all love the games. I love the games. I have, you know, not embarrassed to say we, you know, we love winning games here, you know, but at the same time, we're not going to do it at the expense of developing student athletes. These kids are young. That's the most important thing is helping them develop and grow as a person and, and as a player and as an athlete and, you know, everything from nutrition to, to video and hockey sense and skills and, and academics, obviously. I mean, this is uh, first and foremost, we're an academic institution. And so the good thing with COVID, the only good thing, I guess, was we were able to sustain it the whole year. And the health center here and the headmaster, uh, Tyler Lewis, did an unbelievable job of keeping the school up and running the entire year. And so kids had an amazing experience in spite of the challenges. And yeah, we would have loved to have more games, but we were getting after it every day in practice, creating our own games. And then this year, I mean, we it's it's been not a normal year because of all the testing, but we've been going again, September all the way through, and here we go. We're in the weight room on the ice every day, and guys are getting a ton better, and we're playing games. So now we, uh, we only had one game canceled, and that was actually because we had a flu run through a through the uh, through our team. Oh, so, but we've rescheduled it. We'll play it later. Um, but yeah, no COVID, which is great. You know, and that's I, I, that was such a terrific answer because just the immediate response and the, and the immediate the immediate thought process in terms of the games being canceled has been it's it's a negative thing. But you just in a very comprehensive response laid out for all the all the listeners what, how you guys were able to find a way. Uh, to turn it into a positive. And I think, you know, going back and what we talked about earlier with your assistant coaches and how engaged they are, I can just envision how they are at practices just with the energy and, and the way that, that, that they probably get after things. And so that you have, you're exactly right. You have to make it fun for the players because they are conditioned. I think we do this as a society, we condition everyone to be focused on games and results so when you have to change that focus a little bit to, okay, we're going to shift to development because we just don't have the opportunities. You have to make the most of the opportunities, correct? Exactly. No, you're exactly right, Kirk. And, and, and that's always been our focus is we, we hope that, the, you know, that hour and a half on the ice every day, that 90 minutes is their favorite part of the day, you know, whether we're playing games or not. And as a result, you know, that translates to the games too. You know, our guys, you know, we try, you know, it's never perfect, but, you know, you try to find that balance of competing, but enjoying the competition, you know, their challenges. And we love playing great teams and, and close games. I mean, we love that game with Salisbury. That was, you know, that's the perfect game, for, you know, to be involved in a really well-coached, hard-nosed team that we always have a one goal game one way or the other. And, and so, you know, but we're going to have fun too. You know, and, and that's not just because we're prep school. I mean, we're doing that in college. And I mean, you can ask any pro guy. I mean, if you're not having fun, you're, you're not you're not playing at your best. So it, it's something that's going to translate for them as they move up in the ranks uh, in hockey and in life. You know, you, you can't excel academically or at the workforce if you're not happy. If you're not enjoying the day and I'm not talking about being fake, like, oh, you know, like that kind of thing. But really having a positive focus and, and being upbeat and, and, and looking um, for ways to improve each day in a positive way. And, and yes, and having fun every day. I mean, it's huge. And, and as you said, it's, um, you know, we got Matt's working with our goalies every day. It's like, I mean, you couldn't even, 
the cost of that for those goalies. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's priceless, you know, and, and Brian working with the D, I'm working with the forwards. And, and just in general, you know, just being there as a group, the tightness of that is really special. You know, if I had to create the ideal college environment ha after having had this experience for eight years, I would say have a recruiter and then have two, like, you know, the limit on coaches for college hockey has always been a pain in the neck. Right. But if you could have your three coaches on the ice every single day and in the weight room and the whole thing, and now obviously programs have strength coaches and all that, which is great. But at the same time, you know, taking those coaches away for the recruiting is difficult. And, and at Maine, it was, it was a necessity because of our location. You know, we weren't in Boston. You couldn't fly out of, you know, we flew out of Bangor. But yeah, this, this is a great development model. And the other reason, of course, is because as a parent, I mean, what if your kid's injured for two weeks and he's playing, you know, he's going to online school and going to a hockey academy or playing AAA or, or whatever. Here, he's his whole, it's not your whole self-identity doesn't go through the tank because you've sprained, you, you threw out your shoulder right. for six weeks. Here, you're getting better as a person. You're staying busy. You're still with the team. You're in the weight room. You're rehabbing. We had a full, amazing athletic training staff, Bob and Colleen here, like professional athletic training, like college, you know, and, and so you're, you're not driving everywhere to, you know, to meet your needs as a family. It's sure. one-stop shopping. New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast will return after this message. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. If you love college hockey and want an inside look at the game, get a copy of the book, Great Game, D1 College Hockey, People, Places, Perspectives. From the emotions of Frozen Fours to the atmosphere and classic venues, Bruce Haas has captured the passion that people have for the college game through interviews with players, coaches, officials, and fans. No other book captures the spirit of college hockey like this does. Great Game makes a great gift for the holidays for a college hockey fan. Score your copy of Great Game today on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Atascabooks.com, or at your local bookstore. when I was driving into your game, like there was a long line of KUA students that were just heading into the head, heading into the building. I was like, Holy mackerel. And then they were loud and, and, I, and the energy 
And I imagine your players just feed off of that. And let's face it. I mean, that's what, what players do, but I mean, that's the, that's what you're getting at. I mean, these other, these other opportunities, typically they're the players are the parent. It's the parents that are at the games watching, watching the games, but in a situation like KUA, you have the student body and as you, you have to credit the administration for, for finding a way to keep the students at school and, and able to, because and I've heard this said before too. When you know, when it comes to recruiting college versus major junior, you go to college, you're getting that student experience of being part, you know, on the campus with other students. And it's not just about the hockey; it's about all the things you do as a college student that can be so appealing. And I think prep is just like college; it's like college light. You know, these guys are having to learn how to manage their schedules and their time and and balance academics with with athletics. And that was something Jordan Harris told me and we'll, we'll get into him more, but he, he was really appreciative and grateful. He said uh, about, you know, that he went up to, to Meriden and, and was at KUA and learned to do that because he said it helped him immeasurably when he went to Northeastern and they asked him, you know, to, to have to take on a lot, you know, in, in, in the next. Uh, yes. That's you know, a, that's a huge, a huge bonus of, you know, prep school is prepares you for college. So it's the same kind of lifestyle uh, as far as organizing your time, everything, especially as a student athlete. I mean, you've got to, if you're not organized and, you know, can't budget your time. And if you start procrastinating things, you never catch up, you know, so it just conditions the student athlete. This is how you roll. And like anything in life, if you do it again and again, every day, if you're on time for your classes and you're in the weight room and you're on the ice and you're with your friends and you're studying at night before you know it, that's who you are, you know, not to be a scholar or anything, but Aristotle, right? Once said, you are what you repeatedly do, right? So excellence then is not an accident. It's it's not an act. Right. It, it's, it's what you time, do. Right? Yeah, it, it's who you are. You know, but you have to, that takes time. And we all slip back and those kind of things. But the structure and the culture at a prep school is a great environment. And again, if you pick one with a great hockey program, you got the best of everything, you know? And, um, and again, you look around, you know, some of the coaches, like just at the tournament we were at, you got Andrew Will and you got Brian Day and Paul Kanata, you know, go right down the list. I mean, these are legitimate coaches that could be coaching just about anywhere, right. you know, and, and that, and they're with the kids every day. And they're, so, so I, I really do like the model. Uh, obviously it's not for everybody, um, you know, cause everybody's different, but um, yeah. COVID has not hurt prep hockey at all. And honestly, I think it's helped it because it, it forces you when serious things like, you know, COVID happen and everyone's been touched by it in one way or another, for sure. It makes you realize what's most important in life, you know? And if you're not investing in your kid's education, I mean, wow, what are you investing in? You know, and, and, and again, if you can do that, student athletes are unique, you know, like, it's no different than if you're a great piano player, you're not going to become a great piano player in three months a year. So, you know, KUA, our model here is we're, we're getting after it in the fall and the winter, right? And then they're training in the spring, they're playing a spring sport, but then they're getting back after it in the summer. So they're going like nine months out of the year. I mean, 12 months is crazy. And that's when you see burnout. I mean, we've all seen it. It's right. It, it's the research is overwhelming that you can't go 12 months with one sport and expect to be the first guy on that. You know, why is my kid doesn't seem excited to go to practice? Well, no kidding. You've had him, uh, you know, taking lessons the whole year, like let him be a kid, you know? So I do like the balance we have here uh, in the prep school model. 
and you know fall and winter and then in the spring we tell all our guys you got to play a spring sport it's only two months you know april and may uh when they can get outside and really enjoy it but our kids are so involved engaged in the culture at the school throughout the year you know we're going to the girls soccer game we're going to the fall play the musical our guys are involved in this we have, our kids are dorm proctors right they're student leaders and, and student government all different aspects and you know we're fortunate obviously to the culture uh, that um mike schaefer and now tyler lewis have created it, that's the is a culture of belonging like everyone belongs right and 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 that's very unique we're only 340 students a co-ed but every, you know, you know, every kid's name and, and, and it's a great experience. Um, kids leave here. I you know, talk to alumni every day and they're, they're so, they're, it's like graduating from a college. You know, like you, you stay in touch with these friends because you're with them 24 seven. Right. You know, so it's very similar to college. And now you have a whole nother network of friends and experiences um, that you'll have for a lifetime. And I just had an aha moment on the, on the whole amount of the, the percentage of the student body, which just about all of them were in the building that night, it seemed. And, <laughs> yeah, and yeah they, love, they love coming to the games, which is different. You know, the other thing, Kirk, I, I forgot to mention, like, so with prep school, it is a lot with, you know, the hockey or any sport in prep school, you're playing for your school, right? So whereas hockey's unique, a lot of kids can't play for their high school. Right. Like it's different than baseball or basketball or football, where you grow up in a town and you can keep going in that sport. In hockey, it's very difficult unless you're forcing to grow up in Minnesota. Right. Where you can pretty much stay at that high school, at least graduate from there. But even in Massachusetts now, where it used to be, you could stay with it. You have to go away. So the exciting part, prep hockey is so emotional. Right. Because you're these are kids you you're with 24 seven. So you're playing for something more than just yourself, like you would be at a midget, you know, Bantams, midgets, peewee, you know, all that kind of stuff, at juniors and so on. So um, that's that's a really neat environment to be in and learning to control your emotions when 300 students are yelling at you, you know, right. uh, it is important. It's a good preparation, again, for what you're going to get. And it's fun. Yeah, I mean, let's well, face it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I would say any hockey junkies out there that are listening to this, take the drive up 89 and go go to a KUA game at, on the campus. It's, it's, it's really easy to get to. Of course, I live in southern New Hampshire, so it's easier for me. Um, but it's worth it because I, everything you're describing, and I think what I love about it is it, by you making your players go and, 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 or, and not making, but, but encouraging them to go and they go because they want to, to the other events at the school that creates a, a closeness and it's a mutual respect between the hockey players and the, and the non-student athletes, but the students that have their own interests. And that, that's just great to hear. And it all makes sense now. Uh, Cause you know, like that, that's what it's about. It's about mutual respect and building relationships that will endure, you know, through the years. And if you can do that, then you got, you're onto something. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it feels great here. Like you, like you said, it's, it's just, you know, and it's, it's a work in progress, you know, it's constantly, it's, it's not, every day's not perfect, you know, but again, if everyone's pulling together like that and they're in a tight, you know, community, like we are, we're fortunate to be up, you know, on a hill and a beautiful environment. And so that's another positive here. Kids aren't leaving every weekend. You know, sometimes you think, well, it's a convenient, I'll just go to day school in Boston or wherever I live. And then you're like, that's fine. You know, that's okay. 
but this is another layer. Like kids don't leave on the weekends. You know, they're here, they go to each other's games, they, they're engaged, they go to the play, they, they're, they're involved, they go to the musical, they're, they're you know, uh, there's a lot going on. So, so it is another layer that I think is a, is a deeper experience, which, you know, again, it's not for everybody, but, you know, uh, I, I think it's, again, for us, it's great. It's perfect. Yeah. So what do you look for in, in your player when you, when you and your coaches get together and you're, and you're looking at who you're losing and, and, and what you got to do to keep the momentum going and continue to build excellence in your hockey program? What are the, what are the attributes that you want to see in, in your future student athletes or those players out there that are, are listening to this right now and saying, hey, you know, KUA sounds like a, uh, you know, a great place. How can I be worthy to be able to, to get in on that and, and, and yeah. make it just from a hockey standpoint. Well, yeah. I mean, first of all, before the high, you know, unfortunately we're a school. So, <laughs> but fortunately we're a school from a parent's perspective, but you know, anybody that wants to play college hockey, they better be a good student. There's only 60 division one teams in the whole country. There's only 90 division three teams in the whole country. There's no more division two. And so three's essentially the new two, but that's only 150 NCAA teams in the whole country. So, you know, from that respect, you know, um, we look first for a good student because that's obviously, if you're gonna be a college student athlete, you, you need to prepare for that, right? So, uh, and we're fortunate because we've had success that we can be a little more picky. And if it comes down to two really good players and one's a low maintenance, really good student and, you know, actually enjoys school, we're, we're gonna take that kid. You know, there's so many great players out there now. I mean, there's players in Texas and California and, you know, Newfoundland, and, you know, you name it. Um, but yeah, as far as what we look for hockey wise, you know, it really is a mixture. You know, I, I know people always like to say, you know, we want kids that compete and have skill or, and are tough or, you know, they go through different, they can skate, you know, we're a fast team and all those kind of things. But the truth is, in my opinion, a, to create a great team, you need all types of players. So I can't just go out and say, I want the best kid on the ice from every team, not we can't get them anyway, right. but because then you're, you know, you won't have a, you know, like there's only one puck, you know, right. and you can't have, you know, the two best goalies in the world because there's only one net, you know, in the games, there's two in practice, but that's about it. You know, so two max, but from our standpoint, yes. I mean, if, if we were to say what type of team do we want to create? Yeah. We want to be, we want to play fast. Fast. We want to play hard. We want to play smart. So we want hockey sense. We can't have guys just robots going in and out, you know, getting it out, getting it in. Uh, like to beat the best teams, you need more than just than just toughness. But you can't win without grit either. And that's why I say you need some of everything, you know. So I think it, uh, you know, the longer I'm in coaching, the you know, the, the more careful I am to say this is what our player is because we got players of all types. Like we got guys that they're not the best skater, but man, can they score? And like, you're not going to win a game if nobody can score, you know? And then we have other, you know, we don't have six offensive defensemen. So who's going to defend? I mean, in the end, you're, you're not going to win a lot of six, five games. If you do, you know, you're what a nightmare. Like you're on the bench going crazy every game, you know? So we're looking for a lot of different things, you know? Uh, having said that, if I were to pick common denominators, yeah, skating, hockey sense, and competitiveness like you know but again i didn't mention skill well how are you going to win if you can skate <laughs> you got hockey sense and you compete but you can't make a play under pressure 
like you're not going to win. So you need a little bit of everything. I, again, I know it's, you know, that's, I, I hear that question a lot, you know, and, and obviously recruiting my, my whole life, you hear that, but you know, a lot of it's just, you know, experience and instinct and, you know, and knowing what you need as a team, you know, and, and that's fun. That's the fun part. You know, I would submit to you that those guys that can do every, all of those attributes, they're very few and far between. And like you said, you're not going to get them. So for those players out there that might have a couple of those attributes, this is encouraging mm -hmm. because they know, Hey, you know, if I bring, you know, if I'm ultra competitive, I might not have the most skill, but they're, you know, I, I could play, play there, or I Absolutely. might be super fast and big, but I might not have much of a, 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 you know, or I might, you know, as you said, like I look at number eight, your captain, for mm -hmm. example, and he gets the puck on his stick. He competes so hard, you know, anytime there, there's a scoring chance around the net, he, you know, he is able to put the puck in the net. You know what? He might not be able to get up and down the ice sheet as beautifully as other, other players on the team or, in, or in, in prep hockey writ large, but I have a lot of time for a guy like Jaden Morello because he, when he has the puck on his stick down around the net, I've always been a, a, a proponent of this saying everything in hockey is simple, but the simplest thing is difficult. And when you talk about, you just have to score more goals than the other team. It's not that easy to do it. You it's know? not. Kind of yeah. score. <laughs> there, you're exactly right. It, it's, it is encouraging to know for young players, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be everything. And of course, when we get, you know, we're getting players, there is a, there's always a kink in the armor. Even, you know, we had the Fantilli brothers here. He's going to be like, you know, first round draft pick, Adam, you know, um, but he, there were things he needed to work on and wanted to work on, you know? So even the best players in the world are constantly working on aspects of their game. So, you know, it's very common for us to get a kid that is a tracking towards NCAA hockey, but yeah, he, maybe he doesn't skate as well or, or he's not as tough or he's not as skilled, but he's tough, you know, like, uh, or he's small or he, he's big, but not as agile, you know, so everyone's working on something different. You know, we're all trying to execute certain things together as a team, obviously, especially as a unit, but at the same time, you're exactly right. We're, we're not getting any perfect players here. Nobody is. And that's why I say we're getting some elite players. We've had a ton of draft pick NHL picks and, the whole thing over the last 10 years. But even those guys are working on aspects of their game. You mentioned Moriello, who's a heck of a player. Like he competes, he scores, he's, he blocks shots. He's, um, he may not look pretty, but I'll tell you, he gets there. Like I'd take him in a second if I was coaching college, you know, like, and, you know, but again, I know him, I see him every day. So I see his habits and I know what type of athlete he is. He's a great athlete, actually. He could be playing college lacrosse if he wanted to, you know. Um, so, but he's been working at it. You know, he's been here for three years, working every day in the weight room, on the ice, in the classroom, you know, becoming the person that, that he, he would really like to be, you know, obviously has great support, great family, you know, um, and that makes a difference, a huge difference. But so we're just trying to help these kids, you know, just trying to help them continue to improve how special was jordan harris and and what do you see from him going forward yeah he's i mean i've said this before i, I like if he's that kind of kid that if he said you know hey I'd, coach i i'd like to date your daughter i'd be like yes that would be a great idea <laughs> you know like wow you know like you're just like yeah you know feel free to ask her to marry you you know like he's that kind of kid and his brother Elijah is that kind of kid, you know, like it's rare though. 
to get kids like that. I, I shouldn't even say that. We've got, we had a lot of great kids, you know. Sure. But yeah, Jordan and Elijah, they really are special. I mean, you know, Peter and Jenny have done a wonderful job raising those kids. Like, we're just enjoy having them, you know. But uh, yeah, they're very special um, because, you know, they, they're so compassionate. You know, Jordan and Elijah are have a lot of empathy for others. Like, they're the opposite of the, you know, stereotype of a jock you know that like thinks they you know they nothing smells with them you know like they're the opposite they're always engaged with other kids really care respect others and they have empathy for others right so um so it's not an accident and it's how they roll you know it's how they roll as people that's they're humble hardworking, talented very talented not just hockey wise, but academically and, and just as, as people who build relationships. I mean, they've got some tremendous friendships that everywhere they go, but um, yeah, they're very special that, um, you know, Jordan's, you know, it, 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 there's a it, the horizon. There's a lot of bright things on the horizon for him. I'll tell you. And uh, so, yeah, we were just great having him here for three years. No, terrific. And uh, I mean, time flies when you're having fun, believe it or not, we're, we've, we've gone through a pretty good podcast with a lot of good insights and, and we're, we're up against it, but I, just to close out, I wanted to ask you, who are we, you know, maybe who are some of the guys that we're not talking about that, that maybe people should, uh, that, that just are coming in, putting in the work and are good, good hockey players, good people, and, and, and are, are an important piece of what you guys are doing, but maybe aren't, aren't necessarily getting the, 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 the first line or the high marquee uh, love from, from people on the outside. Yeah. So from our, our team this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the, it, it's a fun team to work with. We got some, we have some pretty good depth, you know, and you know, we take a lot of pride in, in not over-recruiting. So when we have injuries, it, it can be tough. Um, when we're healthy, we're hard to beat, you know, because every kid that we recruit belongs here, has a purpose, can play here. So it's very difficult to single out kids. Having said that, if you're looking, I assume typically like from a division one perspective and that kind of thing, you know, we've got five kids committed. Um, and, you know, so we've got uh, a ruse committed to Vermont and the goalie and then we've got um, Ramsey uh, is committed to Vermont and then uh, Kareem Alizem is is committed to RPI so uh, on defense those guys and then up front we've we've got uh, Tyler Wisher committed to Cornell uh, we have Matthew Malte committed to University of Nebraska Omaha and then we've got some other division one players. So Absolutely. I can tell you that. Yeah. So it's a quite Yeah. So we've, you know, on D uh, right now, I'd say, you know, Bobby May and Thomas Chalmers, they're going to go somewhere. Absolutely. Like, they are really, I mean, the growth, you know, Connor's been with us for four years, mm -hmm. Bobby for three. And these guys are playing really, really good hockey right now. And they're, they're, their stock is rising up front. Um, you know, Will Blackburn is quietly one of the toughest, best. I can't say quietly because you don't want to play against him. But man, is he a good hockey player? He's a just a tremendous two-way centerman. Uh, he's from Montreal, played for Lexington Louis, and he's got enough skill to play with your best skilled players. But he's got enough grit to play anywhere in a college lineup. He could be your third-line center, and again, you don't want to go in the corner with him. Um, you mentioned Jaden Moriello and Revy Mack, two big right shot forwards. Neither one committed yet, 
both of them, I think they've got like 13, 14, 15 goals or something. Like those guys can score and they're big. They can defend, they can block shots. They can, they're very complete players. Now they've both been with us for three years and they're just getting better and better and better. And uh, then we have some young kids like Jackson Kierkostas, Michael Sulo, that I think are, are really going to be special players that are, they're just young. Right. And they're a bit undersized for now, but oof, like they can play and they can make a play under pressure and I could keep going. You know, we get, we get, we, you know, we've got some O fives, we got an O six, we got, you know, um, there's a, there's some kids that, you know, let's see, you know, let's see how they develop, but uh, you know, that we got a lot of good prospects. You know. That is a, you certainly do. And that is a great place to leave it. Um, let's see what happens. Uh, but you guys are off to a great start, a uh, great program. You've shed a lot of insights on that coach. Really appreciate your time today. And uh, I know uh, the people listening, you've, you've given a, you know, given a lot of uh, for us to chew on. So again, thank you so much for your time and, and uh, happy holidays to you and all, and all the best uh, to you and your, your players as you continue your quest to, to get back there to the, to the prep championship. Well, my pleasure, Kirk, and thank you for all you do to promote not just prep hockey, but, you know, New England hockey in general. It's um, it really means a lot. And your podcasts are awesome and families should be listening because you're bringing in some really interesting people and and you're questioning, you know, everything you're asking is right on target as far as I'm concerned. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on with you. We hope you enjoyed that conversation with Aaron Volpatti. Fascinating stuff. And I am very interested in reading his book whenever it comes out. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening to New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast platforms. Follow us on Twitter at NEHockeyJournal on Instagram and Facebook at New England Hockey Journal and subscribe to New England Hockey Journal online at hockeyjournal.com. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise is a Siemens Media Podcast.